Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. This last weekend was the annual meeting for the members of the American Milking Devon Cattle Association. So Rick and I hopped a plane and we raced off to Tunbridge, Vermont to see the happenings and to then run over to the fairgrounds right after the meeting to film the oxen demonstration in 90 degree weather. Then drive home in rain so thick the people in the freeway were pulling over on the shoulder to wait it out. Crazy, crazy weather. But it was worth it because in spite of the fly in, drive up, cameras out, cameras back in, drive down, fly out again nature of things, these are people we always enjoy being around. Now, all groups seem to have personalities. You can always tell the Montana people at the airport and the Californians and the Texans stick out like sore thumbs. Goat people have their own way about them, as do the sheeple. And the horse people have their own subgroups, like if they're in the rodeo or if they're an eventing type. Even for bovine people, the American Milking Devon cattle people are pretty no-nonsense, though. This weekend, they were all very polite and friendly and welcoming. But like these great little cattle, when there's business to be done, they get to it. When it's 90 degrees out and the sun is beating down, that is a characteristic to be appreciated, let me tell you. We've talked to you before about this efficient little tri-purpose bovine, so you're probably aware that they're a pretty rare animal. Great milk, great foragers, good beef, and smart as anything. Well, that can be good or bad depending on how smart the owner is because one thing these animals are really good at is the draft. This weekend, we had a treat. So the oxen demonstration was really fun to see and we saw three teams in different age ranges. So we got to see a very nice variety and there were also unusual hookups like they had this old school three teams in a line demonstration. The age thing was really interesting though from a perspective of not just the age but the experience. We had the just learning preschooler team. Stop eating grass, Jim. Pay attention, Joe. The done this so long we don't even think about grass team. And one in the middle. I still haven't quite figured out how they get those guys to turn. And I have to stop and think about which side is G and which side is Ha, I have to admit. But it was a real education. And you don't really get to see that kind of thing in this day and age much unless you go to a state fair. Kind of has to be a specialty state fair too, it seems. Well, since this is the American Milking Devon cattle crowd, though, I'd better get down to business. Today's podcast is one we grabbed just on the way out last Saturday, when they were unhitching and loading the cattle and the yokes back on the trailer. John Hall leaned over to me and said, you don't know what it took for Jeremy to be here today. He puts in 100 hours every week, so he's going to have a long night after this, and he has 300 cattle to milk. So, of course, I grabbed Rick and I ran across the field because that's the guy we want to talk to. Today we're going to bring you an impromptu trailer tailgate conversation with Jeremy Michaud from East Hardwick, Vermont. He's the hard-working head of the Michaud family, Kingdom Creamery, and Claire Aden Farm. 
This no-nonsense man is a perfect example of the best characteristics of the multi-purpose American milking Devon cattle. He gets right down to business, and he does as much as he can to move forward in good times and bad. And thank goodness for that. If you think inflation has hit the rest of us hard, think of what it must be like to be a dairy farmer. You add the economic impact of the devastating war in Ukraine, one of the world's largest grain producers. Well, this is definitely one of those areas in our agricultural system that is in crisis mode right now. I kind of hope we all keep that in mind when we wince at the cost of a gallon of milk. We are not the first or the last ones paying all the costs. The saying goes that once a year or once in your life you'll need a doctor or a lawyer or a preacher. But three times a day, every day of your life, you'll need a farmer. Here's Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Michaud and we have uh, heard of Milking Devons in East Hardwick. And why are you here? Well, we came down today because I'm on the board for the American Milking Devon Association and we were helped organize this little ox event that we had going on today. Um, I think it's kind of important that everybody sees them and gets to respect and appreciate them. So, um, but gorgeous it's, animals, aren't they? Well, it's fun for us. I mean, we do it for fun. I mean, a lot of folks work with them and we do work with them a little bit, but we do it for fun. But you also have other animals that you milk, right? You've got some Holsteins, I understand. Yes, we have a Holstein dairy farm as well. This is kind of my escape from that. <laughs> so what you do on your day off? Well, I mean, it's a commercial operation, and it's extremely competitive and very busy. And with the Devons, I get to work with animals maybe at a little less intensity, which makes it a little more fun. <laughs> But is that, is that a, is, did you get this as a hobby or did you inherit this particular love or? I kind of did a little homework, a little research and kind of ran across them, you know, just through shopping for heritage animals, I guess. Something different. And of course I ran into Ray Clark like everybody does, you know. And I've been friends with Ray for a long, long time and, you know, we have always been communicating about these animals in this breed, you know, for that entire time. And, you know, I respect him a lot and really appreciate his commitment for the last 80 years with this breed. You know. 80 years. <laughs> I can't imagine. But this is, this is in very much a labor of love in a way because it doesn't produce at the same level as the Holstein, right? No, that is true. That's very true. It's a little more hobby slash mini business for us you know and then I have four sons and I wanted them to uh, grow up and appreciate cows as opposed to seeing them as just a productive machine because you know our dairy herd is managed as a productive machine um, so it has allowed them to you know get involved with something a little different and appreciate cattle and specifically the Devons in a way that they don't get with a commercial breed. Yeah, and and I, I thought that was important. My wife and I thought that that was important. Yeah, I, I think it's very important too because yeah. it, it changes the nature of the thing and your reaction to the thing and your view of the thing. Well, the it's the same animal but it's very different. 
the intensity with which we have to manage and operate our dairy farms is stressful for everyone. And there's a lot of days where it, more often than not, feel, doesn't feel like it's worth it. Um, but we all love it, so we keep doing it. I mean, nobody forces us to do it. You know, it's what my grandfather did, it's what my father did. You know, and that's now what I do. Whether my boys choose to do it or not, that's their decision, not mine. Um, but it's always bang, 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 bang every day. Everything has got to be a certain way, has to be done a certain way. You know, and you have systems and it's very structured. And this is a little bit of a more laid back kind of way to handle and care for and work with and appreciate cattle, I guess. You know, and we do exhibit cattle, we show cows and the boys all do that and they enjoy that and it's kind of the same thing. We do it because it's fun and it takes us away from, it's almost like a vacation, but it's not. You know, it takes us away from the intensity with which we have to operate our commercial operation. Um, so I think it's given my kids a little bit broader perspective. Um, they all are involved in 4-H, they all play sports, you know, and they all work on the farm. You know, Gabriel here is, he's my chief mechanic right now, you know, and he fixes stuff that I can't do. I never learned how to do. I was the cow guy, and that's what I do, you know, so. But when you talk about your, your production and the machine, it, it, one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to you before you left is that we, right now in this particular time, people like you are really feeling the crunch of things that seem like they're very far away to most people. Uh, Ukraine has the second largest wheat producer, I believe, in the world, just is out of production, basically. Yes. And that impacts you, and uh, you're probably still reeling from tariffs, and, and then there's going to be climate issues at some point in time. So how has just the, just the news that's come out this week, how has that impacted your ability to function as a machine? Well, I think it, you know, you try to budget, but you can't budget for everything. You know, I mean, we sit down and we stare at numbers all day long. Some of them are fun to look at and some of them are not. You know, I think the end goal is, is you have so much invested in, in an operation like that. I mean, it's such a level of overhead that, you know, it's a hard decision to keep going and it's a hard, harder decision to get out. Um, we're projecting all of our costs to be up at least 30% this year. You know, and that's that's pretty intense when you think about it. I mean, if you want to go down to the store and buy a loaf of bread, and all of a sudden it's 30% more expensive for you. I mean, so what what can we do internally to try to, you know, recapture some of the margin that's going to get lost by doing that? Pretty thin margin before this. Yeah, well, it was or none, or less than none. Um, so you know, we put in some different strategies this year to try to, you know, save a little cost. Um, we've also tried you know, focusing on productivity of the herd a little more, trying to get more for less out of the animals, you know, improving cow comfort and items like that where, you know, it directly impacts their, their happiness and their level of productivity. So we're making investments in those items now. Whether they'll pay us dividends in a week or so, we don't know, but hopefully over a period of time they will return our investment, um, you know. And the price of machinery and parts and everything, the cost of labor, the willingness of people to work is very, very difficult to deal with each and every day. I mean, that's why we all work 100 hours a week. It's because we have to, because nobody else wants to do it, you know. And you get a lot of, there's less and less of us, so you have less and less people that are familiar with it. 
they love it. You know, they think it's all great. I mean, they love to see cows and pastures and fenced in and all this beautiful green stuff going on. But you know, nobody knows what it takes behind the scenes to make it all function. When you have to get up at four o'clock in the morning, they you know, have a little different opinion, don't you know, they? It, and that's one of the biggest things. It's people are so far removed from where their food comes from. They have no concept of what we're doing. We also own and operate our own creamery on our farm. So we try to take and capture some of that, try to add value to what we do. Um, so we produce ice cream and yogurt and do a lot of those. I mean, we have a, quite a large facility. Um, so we've tried to capture some value in, in the work that we do. Um, it's been both a blessing and a burden, I guess. It's a whole other entity. We had to volunteer. We voluntarily accepted a, an entire another business and another job in order to keep doing what we love to do, which was farm. I'm a farmer. I'm not an ice cream maker, but I just happened to be turned into one. So that's kind of how we've tried to extend the life of our operation, possibly give our children a future in agriculture, giving them an alternative source of revenue, an alternative. But with it comes, it's a whole other business. And it's got just as much overhead and headaches as a dairy farm does. Um, so I think over the long term, it's, it's probably the only way we were going to stay in business. Right now, it's either you know, stay small and specialize, you know, do something like we did, value add, you know, and you know, accept the risk of going into the market and trying to sell it. Or you see a lot of consolidation. You know, you see farms getting larger and that's kind of normal now it's sad isn't it you know it is in a way uh, I certainly understand why they're doing it and I certainly there is still a lot of that, that are family owned and operated they just buy out their neighbor and then their next neighbor and their next neighbor and all of a sudden you know it's economies of size and scale I mean it's the American way it's you know it's how they've chosen to survive and others like us we go a little more the value-added route so we went a little bit different direction but still the same, you know, end goal is the plan is to survive. So everybody's kind of tries to find a, a way to get that done. Yeah. Do you do, uh, do you milk both the Devons and the Holsteins or just the Holsteins? Just the Holsteins. Uh, we do and have milked the Devons in the past, but you know, right now at this point in time, because of time and labor, it's just easier to just have the Devons for fun. <laughs> we do a lot of genetics work with them. I focus on that. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, kind of the perfect cow because those are the ones that every farmer wants, you know. I mean, if you had a barn full of perfect cows, you'd only need one, you know. Um, so that was kind of my motivation to continue with the Devons and to breed Devons. It's, you know, it's just the love for the, the perfect cow. and Some of them I feel like I've got and some of them I don't. Well, hopefully with the Devons that it, it doesn't end up with the same, I'm sure it is the same crunch as anything else. They have to be productive, they have to compete, or it's just going to be something that is a hobby and then fades out. Well, it is, it's very real. I mean, a lot of what agriculture has turned into, it's a method of survival. I mean, you have to adapt. You know, I don't blame the big guys for getting bigger. I know exactly why they're doing it. I don't blame the smaller guys for... You know, putting in a little creamery and selling cheese at the farmers markets—it's just a—it's another avenue of revenue, and you got to have it because that margin is like this. You got to find some sort of break somewhere to try to recover 
what you've got invested. Or you won't be here tomorrow. You know, and that's it. And you know, I mean, we've tried to raise our boys to be hard workers and be truthful and honest, and I think we've done all right with that so far. <laughs> but they respect it. They respect uh, the farm. They respect the operation, and they're all involved and engaged in different ways. You know, and I think that that's what we wanted, as you know, my my wife and I wanted from the beginning. So we've been successful there. It's just everything else <laughs> to keep it all going. It's always a battle, you know, isn't it? With, so that's what, that's what they choose to do. That's totally up to them. We're not making them do anything. They, well, they're going to do something, but <laughs> we're not going to make them do what we want them to do. Well, hopefully there's a Devon in there somewhere because these are beautiful animals. I'm pretty this. sure there will be. I'm pretty sure there will be. Well, thank you. I appreciate it because I know you do work those 100-hour weeks and it's really tough for you to get down here. How far to home? Oh, it's about an hour and a half. Yeah. And how? And you're taking what? Four of them home with you, or six? How many did you bring? I just brought the the pair, the one team. We just got two animals, so we got seven hundred others home. I gotta go check them. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Appreciate it. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We love to bring you this podcast every week. We visit places all across the country and even a few places outside the U.S., We'd love to keep doing this as long as we can, but holy cow, gas is expensive. So, we've started up a Patreon account. If you'd like to help be a part of the stories you hear, we'd love your support, feedback, and suggestions. If you'd like to make that financial support, please follow the Patreon links in our podcast intro for more information. Every little bit is another mile we can put on the road to bring you the conversations we hope you enjoy. We want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. We would like to thank Jeremy for joining us today, and also the American Milking Devon Cattle Association for allowing us to come up and film at their annual meeting this year. If you'd like to find out more information about the American Milking Devon, please visit milkingdevons.org. If you'd like to find out about Jeremy and his farm, please visit Kingdom Creamery of Vermont. We'll see you next week with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for more upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions, All Rights Reserved. Copyright 2022.